0: simpson bringing us in there g'day how the hell are you welcome to average man podcast number 52 remember to breathe hey i'm not going to spend too much time on the preamble before this kicks off um we spoke for about an hour and a half myself and mr william james smith last night uh so just a quick shout out to all my supporters you know um Two Way Hire Services, Captured by Carlos, Telling Designs, um, Northwest Muay Thai, congratulations to Jared for winning his fight recently over in Thailand, um, Pilbara Adventure Riders, uh, Ironworks in Port Headland, Life and Soul in South Headland, um, you know, PCC Productions, Shaft and Spearfishing, everyone who you know um, supports me and people who have been on the podcast and whatnot. And um, yeah, just shout out to all you guys and... Um, yeah, continued success to all of you. I hope so. Yeah, like I said, without too much preamble, man. This is number fifty-two. um William and I spoke about the show he toured. Um, has been recently touring, and, you, and we and I saw the preview for it last time he was in town. And we caught up and and spoke before um, before that all kicked off. And this is a bit of a catch up to see where it's at now, what he's what he's doing, and where he's going from here. And um yeah, man, the podcast speaks for itself. So uh, let's just jump straight into it. Peace. We got a refork. So, welcome to episode number 52 of the Average Man podcast. I am here back with William James Smith. And um, yeah, well, welcome back to Headland, mate. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much, Dave. Pleasure to be
1: here again on the Average
0: Man podcast and back in Headland, of course. Back in Headland, yeah. So, have I seen you around? Yeah, have I seen you around before now, before this trip, since our last chat? I uh,
1: don't know. I've. Yeah, I, I've been around about... Yeah, I've been a couple of times
0: this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I, th- I might have seen you at the shops or something. I thought, that was William, but, you know, didn't make eye contact or anything. So. Yeah, just keep it a yeah. low
1: profile. Yeah, just, yeah. just yep. sneak in and out
0: of then occasionally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay. And what are, you, what are you back for? What are you doing? Oh, just here for work, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Here for work. Um, and I noticed following you on, on on the socials as well. You've still been touring the um, One Man Musical a little bit since the last time we spoke, which was sort of in its developmental stage back then.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I have. It's been fun. Uh, last, I beg your pardon, uh, at the beginning of the year, I did the Perth Fringe Festival. Yep. And when I spoke to you last, that was just before we were going to do the the sort of preview show here in Headland, yeah, yep, and uh, which, which is still like
0: one of the favorite nights of my life, mate. It show was Headland; it was bloody great. So, I'd only heard about you the week before I did that podcast with with um, Brad. The week before, see, I listened back to our last podcast today just to get a bit of background knowledge on where we, what we spoke about and where we were left off and everything. And yeah, I'd just done the podcast with Brad the week before and he said said yeah, you should chat to this bloke he's in town he's really interesting he's doing this musical and that was sort of all i knew about it um we had our chat uh, i found you quite interesting and funny as as the um talk progressed and then came and watched yeah, the show doing? a couple of nights later i think and it was man it was bloody awesome i thought it was fr- fucking hilarious to be honest well so you've given yeah.
1: me my uh, best review to date dave so it's right on there on the new posters <laughs> It's the best review today, oh, is it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, like, thanks very
0: much. Has it been received?
1: Oh, um it it went well. Yeah. The um I did the fringe festival for, for your listeners' um benefit. It's called Don't Draw Pictures of Dicks, the one man musical. And uh but I did it last year at at Perth Fringe under a different name, hashtag human rights, the one man musical. But now I've changed the sort of angle to put the penises front and center as one does in Uh, life generally. And uh, and, uh, it just clarified or simplified the the sort of message uh, in the marketing. And uh, yeah, that's how I took it to Melbourne Fringe, which I did in September. And I took it to Wellington, New Zealand as well. Cool. And uh, everywhere we've gone, I've had my friends and, and family show up, but also random people who've uh, found out about it through the posters or the web or, or what have you. And um, the reaction has been very, very gratifying, very encouraging. It's, it's always – I'm relatively new to doing um, solo comedy. Yep. Uh, done heaps of theatre, heaps of rock and roll over the years and what have you. Done comedy once or twice, but – was always a little hesitant because I find it very intimidating trying to be funny in front of an audience. But yeah, people dig this show. I'm very happy to say, uh, yeah, the, the, you asked about the reactions. Basically, 80% people pissing themselves, 20% storming out in disgust.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you've got to expect a little bit of that. Probably <laughs> means you're doing the right thing. You're yeah. That in the <laughs> Give me one sec. And we're back. I'm having some technical difficulties tonight. William's been very patient with me. Um, yeah, yeah, Christ,
1: spilled beer all over the car. I spilled
0: beer before we even Hard started, which is not a great uh, start, but yeah. Um, okay, we're all good. I've had some technical difficulties, but um, yeah, we're going to get past it. Par that. for the course, par for the course, man. I'm a bloody rookie, mate. You are just talking about being new to um, doing comedy. as a one-man show in front of, you know, live audience and whatnot, and I'm very new to all this technical shit. It's not what I do. So I've done a bit of hip hop in the in in the past. I think we spoke last time about me playing in bands and stuff as a kid as well. And I did. I made a few hip hop tracks before I had kids, which are up on Triple J Unearthed and whatnot. And the the production side of it was always hard for me. It was always yeah. tricky. You know, it takes a lot of my time and a lot of my focus, and, and it's not. Really it's what I not easy, great. is it? And like, oh, just for some people, but not for me. I
1: deliberately n- didn't learn to do it hmm. so that. I could palm it off Yeah, else. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so I could focus on writing the music, I guess, or whatever. If I was in
0: a band. Yeah. But but it's come back to bite me in the ass because now you wish you knew how to do something. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's sort of where I'm at. I've, all, I've 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 never paid attention to the technical side of recordings and, and and sound equipment and whatnot. And now I kind of there's no one else to do it for me, so I need to figure it out. Self-sufficiency, Dave. That's, that's it, mate. Future. That's like, what it's
1: all about. What's his name? Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. You're going to make a record, you play the fucking drums, <laughs> you do the sound engineering, you bloody tune the bass, you know, you play absolutely
0: everything. It's probably because y- he's y- a control freak though as well. <laughs> there is that, but you know, if you want something done, you've got to do it yourself. <laughs> no, too, what we <laughs> Trent. And the results speak for themselves. He's mm. had a bloody, very illustrious, uh, successful career, he made some great shit. So Indeed yeah. he has. Yeah. Yeah, I think he produces a lot of other people as well, eh? So
1: Yeah, I've moved into heaps of uh, soundtrack kind of stuff for Hollywood and that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. is not in the charts quite so much anymore.
0: No. Yeah, but, no, but he's still very active. Yeah. So so your musical, man. So you have been touring it around uh, um, a fair bit still while you, you did those two other Fringe um, festivals. And have you done uh, other shows in between then, A the little warm-ups or what's the... What's no, the...
1: not really. Um, I've just been a little bit too busy for that, so... Yep. I had to uh, make a point of booking these things in advance to make sure that they happened. Otherwise, yeah, okay. you know, the weeks, the months fly by and you don't they do. do stuff. Yeah. So you've got to sort of peg it out in the schedule. And um, uh, yeah, it was really good. And the fact that it's an... I, I probably should though, you know, if, if I... Um, I probably should because I live in Perth. I probably should do more open mic nights just playing mm. one or two songs on yeah, from right. the show or or other stuff I've made up, um, uh, to because that's what comedians do. They go to these open mic notes and they just do small sets. They don't inflict an entire
0: hour of their own stuff until unsuspecting people. Yeah, yeah, until they've nailed it. And I, and I guess as well, it's one of those. Is uh, unlike musicians, um, stand up comedians, open micers. Uh, they have to they have to perfect their craft in front of an audience because you need to know what the reaction is, what what works, what 100%. doesn't work. hundred percent. Yeah, so you can't just get into a room with four dudes and just keep playing the damn thing until it's perfect because you don't know if it's perfect until you get the reaction of a range of different That's people. That's
1: right. Yeah. It's a super iterative hmm. process. Uh, yeah, and the audience is almost like part
0: of the writing team. There. Yeah, yeah, and you've got to know how to bring them back when you're losing too many of them and that kind of shit oh, yeah. as well. You know, there's <laughs> got to be... All oh, that has to be done out and and on the fly. This has
1: been, this has been, um, you know, bombing. They call it, you know. Oh, that's really? When you're when you're a comedian, you get up in front of a crowd and they're not laughing. That's <laughs> yeah. bombing. Yeah, and you just can't win them over. And You've had a like, bit of start that. Start heckling. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like because the show's like super offensive and like fringe festivals aren't known for being like you're probably quite un- lefty, are they? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and and like and and the first songs, oh, just yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't want to talk too much about the songs but the first ones on PC in a certain way and then the next one it gets worse and the first three or four songs it gets worse and worse
0: oh man it hits you right in the nuts this thing like i remember that <laughs> watching that preview out. yeah watching that preview and it was awesome because you had a a, a a mixed bag of people in there. You know, there was some mm. people in their fifties or sixties. There was some other. There was some people who were students, whatnot. There was dudes like me. It was just this ragtag bunch of people, and it was a small little room. You're only a couple of meters away from us, and it, some of it it was so brilliantly uncomfortable. It just, I oh, mean, I love that shit. I love being uncomfortable. I love people pushing the boundaries and the limits like that. And everyone in the room, they were loving it. They were all good sports. But it was so, oh man, just it was uncomfortable in a in a, in a brilliant way, I, and I loved it. Right? Yeah. It's, I guess I guess it's cringe comedy. It's been around. It's been yeah. around for a
1: long time now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but to
0: be in a little box like that and to be part of it was great. you know? Well,
1: isn't it? Isn't it amazing the uh, with comedy the room? I mean. Who would have thought the room and the arrangement of the chairs and the height of the ceiling yeah. and stuff like that would have an, such an impact on whether a show works? You would think it's irrelevant. It's about the jokes. Well, if you have an empty room or one or two people who are too scared to laugh, you will take you half an hour to get them laughing. But if you have a crammed room, a little space, they can hear one another tittering under mm. their breath. Yeah. Even if they don't want to laugh out loud... Uh, and they're too ashamed to laugh because the joke's so un-PC or cruel or what have you, they'll go, oh, my God, you can hear them sing. Yeah, and, yeah. and and the comedian can hear them do that too. Yeah, and the person yeah. next to them squeezed in like sardines, they can hear that, and they can it, – it, it's kind of a, a weird herd mentality. Like you, once they permit one another to laugh.
0: Yeah, yeah so I've heard um, stand-up comedians talking about the room quite often and oh, that's a great room. That one's a really great room, you know. So obviously there's that vibe that you're talking about but also that they um, they say it's almost like uh, people in the room who are coming out for the right reasons anyway. Sometimes you get sticks in the mud. Mm. But people who are there for a good time and to laugh, they allow you to kind of think for them or guide their thoughts for that time period that you're in there. They, they agree to think on the terms that you're that, that you're delivering the, the material to them so you can start laughing at shit that you wouldn't normally think about or find funny, but you, you are of an understanding that we're going on this journey right now and the performers taking us in this direction. And then you can start looking at things from a different point of view and, and kind of yeah, lend your consciousness to them a little bit for the, for the, for the duration of it. Is that something you feel? That's
1: an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. But I definitely have felt that people have been very generous with their willingness mm. to, to giggle along with, with the ideas uh, and, and the jokes, um, stuff that I wouldn't normally say in public because it really is a bit rude. Yeah. You end up developing this this um, sort of alter ego, I guess. Like, I've had relatives come down who I've – and afterwards I've gone, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. Like, you know, like my aunt, my super conservative aunt, and it, when you're in the flow of it, you just end up, like, ripping on your own aunt and heckling her, like, in a <laughs> sexual way or something like that. <laughs> And it's like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that. But like everyone else in the room was like laughing and yeah. egging you on. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's just fun. You and and you're right. The 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 the, the performer invites the audience to laugh at something. Yeah. But but at the same time, the audience invites the the comedian to make the joke simply by walking through the door. Yeah. They're asking. They're ready to laugh. They're asking, please make me laugh. Yeah, yeah. And they're open to whatever. I'm I'm here to laugh. That's priority one. Everything else... Uh, is going to have to take the back seat. Being nice is going to have to take the back
0: seat. Uh, yeah, other yeah. other considerations. Well, we do that shit all day long at our fucking jobs and in our day to day interactions with mm. people. And that's social. That, those social constructs are, are important in their own way. Very. But you get fucking sick of them, man. And it's good to just go in and have a guilty pleasure and, and and laugh at at shit that you wouldn't normally. You know, you've normally got to be quite oh yeah understanding and considerate about and you know. And that's fine. You can actually have those. Those feelings and be considerate towards other people's choices and and the way they feel and and all that kind of stuff. But it's great to throw it all out the window and just laugh about shit for an hour every in right. Two A. It. You know? Yeah.
1: Yes. And uh, I I I had no. You know, when, when you're writing comedy songs or what have you by yourself, um, I imagine it's a little bit like say Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, or, or other people who write. Um, TV comedies Mm. They Don't Actually do it In front of a crowd At the end of the day They do it In a little room With a couple of mics Like you and me right now Trey Parker's doing Oh my god You know Why does everything Have somebody Going in Out of my asshole (laughs) Yeah like He's Eric Cartman And you know uh, whatever M- Matt Stone's doing the other voice, and they're just they're, they're giggling for one another, yeah but this is probably how they come up with after stuff I mean they have writers meetings with other guys coming in and firing ideas around, but yeah. at the end of the day when they're actually performing on the tape there's no crowd to giggle along and egg yeah. them on yeah you really they ha- trust
0: the material eh? right yeah and
1: and they've explained that that is why doing the Book of Mormon was completely different for them because they They had the feedback. They Uh, wrote gags and they tested them out. Yep, they Uh, got the actors to say them in front of crowds for a very long period of time. I think years and years they were workshopping that show in New York. Yeah, before it came out. Wow. And um, and they were like, right, I get it. So that gag bombs fuck, I wonder how many times every night we are totally bombing yeah. and there's silent people watching TVs around the country when we think it's hilarious, but no one's coming along with it. Like, it gave them sort of like...
0: Uh, uh, Another perspective. On yeah, the, on, yeah. On the, but then they also have the more leeway of... There's thousands and thousands of people watching the show at any given time so there's going to be a percentage of people that, that find it funny but you need to be funny consistently enough that they turn it back on the next the next.
1: right so, so I guess there is feedback. it's just a longer loop longer loop. It's a yeah. week long. do they come back later? are they still fans a year later? Yeah but stand up and theater mm. is instant. If they don't laugh then they aren't laughing. They're leaving, and they're telling their mates that you're a fuckhead. That's not funny. And
0: you've kind of got to start Brutal. strong, do you think? Oh,
1: I try, man. I really but,
0: do. But but you know, like, is it? I've heard other people as well, comedians say that that you've kind of you, once you, you take that stage, you, you've got to take the stage fairly much immediately, rather than slowly lean into it, or or have uh, have a, a, a bumpy start. You got to, if you're going to get them, you got to get them early. Is that have you found that?
1: Oh. If my, you walk
0: in and you make them laugh within the first It's a huge couple relief of if minutes. You do. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because, you know, thank fuck. Yeah. Thank fuck. These guys are laughing tonight. It's not going to be a massive struggle. It's a massive relief when they do. Yeah. But um, they don't always. But the thing is, my show, uh, you know, is pretty much set. There's a certain amount of scope for ad lib, mm. but... Um, their songs they're five minutes long and they're pretty much written you can you can throw shit in there and you do and often you get some of the biggest laughs from the stuff you make up on the spot yeah um but uh that's only because you've got the done the groundwork and you've got them ready to laugh yeah right and yeah. um it, uh, sorry uh but all i if, i do believe you do have to start strong and for me I've never really thought of myself as like that funny. There were always always people at school who were funnier than me. Mm. There was always the class clown who was funnier than me. And um I never really thought of myself as like a wit who could make, you know, crushing comebacks <laughs> and like yeah. this kind of stuff. <laughs> but I realized down the track that I could write a song that my I I, I had a, a different enough perspective to make jokes they just took a little time uh, yeah. and and the music helps. Yeah. Um. So, and the main thing for me that I, I have always been able to do ever since I was a kid was use my voice. Yep. And like, um, one of the, the first things in the, in the playground that I, I freaked people out with was, I'll get you next time. Gadget <laughs> next time. When I, I could do that voice when I was about eight yeah. or nine and like, the bully kid in the school's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> so doing voices or playing characters gets a reaction, gets a laugh. But me as me, nah, no way would I be confident. Hey, so for me, it's just getting up there and putting on the voice. Like my show starts with a guy called Little Timmy. As you remember, hi everybody. Um, this is my story about how I drew a picture of a dick, and I ended up in front of the Human Rights Commission. <laughs> Okay, here we go. You know like, That's exactly how I remember that voice. <laughs> <laughs> and like some people are like, What? This is retarded. Like right? <laughs> why is this guy being a little kid? But if if one person giggles right at that opening announcement, it's like, Yep, yeah, you're already on your way. Yeah. yeah. So but but if they don't, you got no choice but to stay in that character.
0: Yeah, stay the course.
1: For fuck's sake, don't like don't start going thinking, half-assed yeah. because
0: you're a little bit self-conscious about it or whatever, because if you don't do it 100%, it won't work. Guarantee, yeah, or eh?
1: start apologising or backtracking uh, from yeah, the yeah. jokes. Or so. Play this yeah, yeah, character. Yeah. If they don't like, that's fine. Maybe, maybe they are laughing really inaudibly. You can't hear them. Yeah, you just yeah. say that to yourself a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then play the next character. Deliver the lines. They've got laughs before. And like, But I've had shows, one midweek show in Fringe earlier in the year um, in, in Perth, a couple of mates showed up a couple of randoms maybe there was, there was like maybe 10 people in the crowd it was pretty quiet wednesday night show or something and like <laughs> i couldn't hear a single laugh for like the first like oh my god felt like an eternity like 20 <laughs> 25 minutes really and and i'm like oh my god please but now and there was some of my best Friends in the audience And people who work with me on the show And afterwards I'm going Oh my god Can you please laugh? (laughs) 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 Because you laughed at the same jokes last night Well, I've heard them already They're not that funny anymore I was like Fuck you (laughs) I was dying I was was livid (laughs) Totally But you know I guess it's always up to the performer To to earn it And I could see people like there; They were laughing like at my expense because no one was laughing. They were, they, but they were laughing without making any sound. I could see their rib uh, cages. I could see them bobbing up and down yeah, in the yeah, seat yeah. with their hands up against their mouth. And they were laughing oh at... Oh my gosh, this is so awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They were laughing at my suffering, yeah, yeah. but not at my jokes. Oh, thanks, dudes. <laughs> you could have at least like just disguised it as, as real laughter and let it out.
1: Oh, right. I mean, uh, come on. That's what I said. I bet they, they got no no mercy from them. Um, but you know that's that's comedy all spare.
0: So I, I was going to ask you about the confidence because you come across as a very confident guy, confident speaker. Obviously, the show you're a, you, you're a, it's very out there, and you you've performed it in some uncomfortable circumstances. But so this is not something that have you you haven't just always, uh, and maybe you don't now. Or you don't haven't just. Uh, had a, a large confidence base your whole life, or is it is it really something that you work on? And and as you said, the the characters help you with that. <sighs> that's
1: a, that's a. You don't have a problem furry. talking.
0: Uh, it's not an insult. Pardon? You don't have a problem talking, <laughs> and that's not an insult. <laughs> that's
1: that's definitely true. You can I just did on a road trip with my girlfriend the other day, and like. <laughs> Chew her ear off. My wife does that to me. She just—that's yeah. Yeah, my plan. Talks just and keep and fucking talk. talking. Yeah. At least that way, you're the one doing. the talking she, she, Sometimes
0: listen. people say to her, and I, I don't say I get in trouble, but I've heard people say it to her. She's told me people have said, "You know, Em, you don't have to fill all the gaps in." <laughs> <laughs> and if she's told me that. I just Shut think it's true. Up. You know, yeah, sometimes <laughs> those gaps are, are quite not. And I'm, I've, I actually used to feel. When you're younger and you know, you're know you insecure about fucking everything, those little gaps could be quite awkward. I've I've grown very comfortable in those gaps as I've got older. By you know, yeah. <laughs> the way, I can't
1: believe it. This is just what happens. I'm sorry. I just implied that... I, I did, did I just tell your wife to shut
0: the fuck oh, up? Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I think you told... i sorry, Dave's I think you told all women at one point or another <laughs> to shut oh, the fuck up. Oh, let's not talk about what I said on the last <laughs> podcast, man. No, as, soon as I'm, that saying, I'm like, with oh, that, God. with that little... Uh, that little um, enactment there, basically, er, all men have thought that at one point or another, and I'm sure there's things that all women have thought about us. <laughs> oh man, Look, but, but I know it, it, it's you know it, it comes
1: my way. Yes, I do. I wouldn't say I've got the gift of the gab. I've just got the gab. of just <laughs> crap on endlessly, <laughs> but like um, confidence,
0: uh, that's a tricky one. Um, uh, is it a is it a matter of um, competence brings like a, confidence? Um, I like to think that. I like to think that I well, wait... That's how it is for me in my life, definitely. Competence brings mm. confidence, you know. Sure. When yeah, You well, know it, it that can you've be. done the work. You know you've done the work. You know something's good. You know you've done your best, at least. You can be confident behind it. Or, um,
1: Yeah, well, um, I th- yeah, there's definitely an element of that. I like to feel that I've earned it, but I do wonder whether or not I say that to myself afterwards. After I've just blundered in, shot my mouth off, started, you know, telling people how it's gonna be, what have you, and and uh do I afterwards rational rationalise that by saying, I earn the right to do that <laughs> You know what I mean? Like But yeah. I I just being skeptical about my own feelings uh, I I don't know, um I, I do feel, uh, in certain respects, that I don't know. To be honest, uh, I think the the confidence with me comes first a bit. Mm. I mean, I, it I seems heard, like I, that. I heard myself do it earlier. Like you, we were talking, you, you were asking me about this, the the reactions to the show, and I'm like, yeah, well, fucking eighty percent of them fucking <laughs> piss themselves, mate. And I'm like, oh my god, I sound like a complete wanker. Yeah, but that. if you
0: didn't think people were enjoying it, I mean, it'd be pretty hard to continue on with it at, at the same time. You know, you've got to, you've got to believe that that's the, the way it is. You know, obviously, uh, this is something you put a lot of work into. I thought it was fucking hilarious. It, obviously, you think people think it's funny; otherwise, you wouldn't be touring it in well, Melbourne, y- you and know New what? Zealand, and
1: Ab- absolutely right. You know what? I think you are right. I mean, maybe I'm just being a bit too self-conscious here, but had I not done a shitload of work on that show, there's no way I would be confident enough to put it in front of people. And the thing is, it's not just the work on the show. Um I've been writing songs. Yeah. And yeah, a lot yeah. of them even
0: comedy songs for twenty years, for decades. You've done the background work yeah. to get yourself to a point where you're good enough to then write these songs and then work the fuck out of them for X amount of time to then go and play in front of people to know look, man, you've done all this background work and
1: that that is true. So yeah. I, I don't feel a shred of of um false uh, modesty about getting up there and doing it. I'm perfectly willing to accept the feedback of the crowd. If it's not funny and, and like skulk off to lick my wounds and like rethink it, you know, it's always, they're always in charge, but I feel uh, confident enough to ask them on the journey now. Like, and, 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 and a year ago I wasn't this
0: confident with this material at all. Yeah. I bet it's changed. I mean, I bet it's grown and it, it, and got,
1: it, it got a lot more refined yeah. after that show. Yeah. Um, I practiced a lot more, the songs. Uh, but the stuff in between, uh, when we did the Headland performance about a year ago, uh, I only finished writing the songs like the day before. Yeah. And yeah. I knew what the, I had some idea of what the each character was going to say. To introduce themselves in between the songs
0: You were kind of riffing a bit
1: I was making it all up on the spot But the really weird thing is that night Because the vibe was so good Got some of the biggest laughs If not the biggest that we've ever had And it was unrehearsed Mm. It was just become the character Say what comes into your head You've thought about this You've become this person already in, In writing the song In performing the song and practicing it yourself You've already stepped into their shoes a lot just work with that in front of a crowd yeah and um and it was just super gratifying
0: how well that went down but I and i think that people were there we were there to we were there to laugh we were there we everyone was enjoying it and then and they were they were happy to go on that that journey you know so yeah
1: and and i uh, yeah and and you know you took me on a. you know this is getting very schmaltzy and No, you took me on a a journey. journey. it's like it was a it was a wonderful (laughs) (laughs) triumph of the human spirit. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, afterwards, afterwards, I made a particularly smug Facebook video, which I couldn't wipe the grin off my face because I was just (laughs) so stoked that it it had gone so well. Yeah, and uh, it was heaps of fun. But perhaps getting that first
0: bullet out the barrel must feel pretty good too.
1: Oh yeah, like honestly, man, like I this is getting as i say very mushy but like it was it was uh pretty amazing for me that night because i it inst- i became a comedian that night yeah. i wasn't before yeah. that the, the previous day i i had never really done a successful comedy show the next day i had yeah and and maybe that's too but that's how it felt.
0: It's like, holy fuck, that actually worked. like, I can do it. I can do it. Holy all the fears shit. and the thoughts and the insecurities, well, they're all yesterday's problems now because I did it, you know. I'm yeah. sure you have to deal with them time and time again, but that initial one's out of the way. Look, on a much smaller scale, and I, I, I've felt and have felt the same way even about doing my podcast. I'm not someone that naturally uh, puts themselves out there easily. I, enjoy, I love talking to people, um, I enjoy creating and creative uh, endeavours in general, but for me to take myself out of my comfort zone and put myself out there is quite quite hard, I work on it, I work hard on it, you know, to start a podcast, I was like, "Who gi-? there's one side of me going, I really want to do this because I just, I need a creative outlet, I want to talk to some cool interesting people, I've got things I want to say, um, but then there's another side of me going, who gives a fuck what you've got to say mate, you know, like there's that side of you inside inside my head, but so i just did what i wanted to do it was something that i i felt passionate about and then to put the first few out there i was really nervous even well, i'm nervous every time i do an interview now just, just just i think that's just part of the way i am and how i work and it get make sure that i prepare properly and all that kind of shit but um i was really really nervous every single time i did it but then just putting it out there and going you know what at the end of the day i don't really give a fuck what people think about me i do in the small day to day um, interactions you have with people, you know, you're, you're going to do, as we talked about before, social cues and all that kind of stuff. You're going to do the right things to, to, during the day to, yeah, you to make sure to things go dead. smoothly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I've got my wife, my kids, I've got my family outside of that and, you know, close mates. I'm all right. I don't really care if people don't have a high opinion of me if I'm doing the right things. So I thought, fuck it, I'll just put my stuff out. And then people seem to enjoy it. Some, You know, um, i get feedback. Some of it's, positive some of it's negative I've got a pretty thick skin as well I take the negative and go okay all right I see what you're saying there I can work on that and try and do it better this time and that's and that's the reason I listen back to all my podcasts as well it's quite painful listening back to them hearing my own voice some of them I really enjoy I enjoyed our, our chat I've got a handful probably 10 that I've really enjoyed I had a good conversation with people um, but I listen back to them to go oh yeah yeah, you're talking too much there while he's talking. Okay, stop saying right-o all the time. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're doing this, you're doing, it. and I just look at the little nuances, the things that piss me off, and try and clean it up the next time around, You know?
1: Yeah. yeah so that—that's um, I find that, yeah, really quite, uh, yeah, challenging, difficult process. No, no, I'm fine. Right. Don't need another beer. It's cool. Okay. By the way, this sound before—that was me putting down a beer. It was
0: a good sound. Yeah,
1: that's cool. This t- on this IKEA coffee table, um, yeah, but I mean that's that's really important, you know. In any sort of um, whether it's a podcast or a comedy show or anything where you're expecting people to pay attention to you, mm. um, yeah, you've got to refine it. You got to you got to give them the audience the credit, and you not waste their time. And yeah, and, you, and if you're a solo operator like yourself or myself, you've got to be your own director. Yep. you got to trim the fat yourself. Yep. Yes. Your and I just said
0: as well, respect their time. And that's a thing I'm really big on, respecting their time. If I want you to sit, take an hour out of your day to listen to me talk shit, I've got to make sure I'm actually, I've actually i actually got something to say and, and as well, that I try and make it as, as uh, listener-friendly as possible. And I'll get better at that over the, the time. This is not something I'm going to stop doing. I love doing them, man. I'm going to keep doing them. Yeah, um, I'm a fun. I'm really
1: glad you invited me to do this. It's you know I, I've never done it on a different podcast before. It's cool.
0: Oh, I'm still your first. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I haven't done
0: another one yet. <laughs> no, I'm glad you got a hold of me back when you were back in town, mate. Like, uh, yeah, it's yeah, very easy to talk to, and I find this stuff, you know, very interesting. What you that the, the whole thing that you're doing, and and you've you've so you've done Melbourne, you've done, you did obviously tested and Hedland, you did Perth, you did Melbourne, you did New Zealand. You're here to promote this thing, so I'm assuming there's more shows coming up? That's right.
1: Uh, don't Draw Pictures of Dicks, the one-man musical, is um, coming under the new title, coming to Perth Fringe World Festival again. Uh, at the beginning... Uh, sorry, it's kind of mid-January. I don't have the dates in front of me, but it's the opening weekend of the Perth Fringe World Festival. Um, and then every Thursday of first Perth Fringe World, and then... Uh, every
0: a- Thursday of Perth Fringe World, what does that mean? They, they
1: it's per- it. Fringe World runs for about six weeks. Okay. And so I'm going to do the opening weekend. And then every week at the venue I'm at, there was an opening on Thursday. I thought, you know what? Let's do that. Yeah. And it's not overloading people inspecting to come out every night of the week for multiple weeks, what have you. I wouldn't be able to sell all those tickets because I'm not very well known. But I figured if you give time for word to spread. Maybe by that second or third week, you'll, you'll be, you know,
0: um, filling up the room. Yeah. It's it's
1: quite hard to, you know, like this and other things that you get out there online, help to spread the word. Um, but it's marketing and, uh, promotion is an art form all of its own. You've got to create a vision of your show in the public's mind, in a person's mind before they've even seen it. Yeah. And so with that in mind, with your listeners that had the patience to listen this far, like, uh, indulge me for a second. I'll give you a bit of a description of the show. It's, it's about a little boy, little Timmy, as I gave you the voice before. Hello, there. And um, he uh, draws a rude picture and uh, gets in trouble with the Human Rights Commission and then the commissioners for race, gender, uh, the commissioner for women, commissioner for religion, uh, commissioner for the elderly, etc. They all come forward and they all have some horrible interpretation of his innocent doodle, pun intended, and he uh, gets in an all all lots of trouble. And him and his coke head lawyer have to think of a way out of it. And uh, he's probably my favourite character, the lawyer. Everyone loves the lawyer. He sings a hair metal song, and he also sings a uh, what a, a, a sort of lounge jazz track. And uh, and that's the other thing about the show. It's got every conceivable genre of music, except, I regret to say, country and western. Mm. Neither of them are in it, so they're going in the next one. Yeah. And um, that's right. And uh, all the genres are left out going in the next one. The and next uh, one. and all of these songs are played on the viola. So that's the other sort of ceiling point. I don't think many or any people have done that yet. So... Um, that's really fun. I, in the process of writing it, I discovered that the viola can do absolutely anything. And the viola is It was is a very versatile. Violin. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I was as shocked as anyone. So that's, that's what's made it
0: different. So that's coming back to Perth Fringe World Festival. Don't draw pictures of dicks. I'll take one moment mm-hmm. to just mention it can do anything. You did a hip-hop song, at least one. And I was impressed. I liked your lyrics. I liked your delivery. I'm a big hip-hop head. I like oh, all, really? I like all music, but I love hip hop. And I'm glad you um, liked it. I have to say, quite often, whenever there's a um, um, a white a white man doing a, a, a satire or a comical hip hop mm-hmm. song, track, verse, whatever it happens to be, it can be f- very hard to listen to. And yours was good. It was really good. The, you got, the, <laughs> you, got the, you got the timing. The <laughs> lyrics were good. I was fucking very happy with it because I was. He's pricked up when the hip hop song. Came <laughs> on. I thought, is he going to go with this one? I thought, no, that was bloody good. I enjoyed that.
1: Well, uh, you know, yeah. that was the first yeah. genre of music I really, really got excited about when yeah. I was really young. And like, uh, it was uh, some of the early days of, of hip hop when I, because, you know, I'm, I'm getting on in years. And, um, <laughs> Don't we all. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Me more than you, mate. And, uh, <laughs> But yeah, so one of them is sort of like Rundy MC 80s that, that starts out that way, like old school uh, hip hop. And then you might remember it makes a transition into more recent Eminem sort of sounding hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. With their sort of, or, or Dr. Dre with the, and I discovered the pizzicato on the viola. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is that, that classic Dre sound, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this works perfectly. <laughs> and uh, but that was a very fun. Rehearsal that day when I realized I I was able to do that and make a hip hop song and um yeah. yeah it was fun, so uh, yeah there's that there's disco there's punk there's rock there's uh, a ballad there's jazz there's a traditional sort of march yeah
0: there's as I say it's pretty much got sounds all the stuff. a little bit like Sturgill Simpson's latest album do you know Sturgill Simpson no who's that? he's country and western uh, originally he's a country and western um, artist. Um, but he's very experimental when he plays with a big band of guys who are also really uh, experimental and with an eclectic background behind him. Mm. Um, he's on the He's been on the Rogan Experience a couple of times. He was on there maybe a few weeks ago. And his latest album, Sound of Fury, I believe it's called. It's really not country and western. I don't really do country and western. Um, I, if it's good, I will. I'm not like against it or anything. Yeah, yeah. It just I, doesn't work. I'm kind of the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have learned to appreciate the lyrical side of it much more. Yeah, yeah. There's
0: some. And obviously the banjo. Yeah, well, there's some sort of little sub subcultures in there that are, that are pretty cool you know mm. um, and he's so so. this latest album I mean it's rock it's got some sort of hip hop type elements to it there's a little bit of disco um, no yeah there's some country west western he's got S- that country voice Sturgill 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 yeah Sturgeon, and he's an interesting so dude sh- Like he, he I fish. think he was in the navy and then he had a full time job which was quite a serious job up until he was about 36 before he went and became a full time musician took no the leap shit. and all this kind of stuff so he was a man that's lived an, an actual normal life and whatnot. And um the way he says it in his in this uh interview was that well, just in this conversation was that he the band started getting traction and they put out a few albums and it was you know Sturgill Simpson and his band and they were really the marketing and the, the the record label was really pushing him to to the forefront you know Sturgill Simpson and this band because
1: he's he's got such an awesome name of
0: well, course yeah, he does have a pretty <laughs> cool name and and then I get, he he sort of got to a point where he thought He's got a fan base. He's got um, connections and, and some money behind him and whatnot now. He can kind of do a little bit what he what he actually wants to do in the music industry. And he didn't want to be the front man of you know, a one-man band with a bunch of randos behind him. He mm. plays with the same guys. They're all brilliant musicians. And they just wanted to play music. He goes, I realised I was playing in that – I was the guitar player in the band I wanted to be in since I was 12 years old. So why not have fun with it? So it's just really – it's really, really experimental. It's out there. They all write the songs together. They get in a room and write all the songs together. I'm yeah, definitely going to check this out now. And the best bit about it is some anime producers, there was a, some sort of connection between his friend who lives over in Japan and uh, works on anime productions, got hold of him and said they'd like to do uh, an anime story to go with his soundtrack. So an anime, an anime <laughs> story going towards a sort of country, rock, hip-hop, a little bit of disco, um, album and it's on Netflix again it's got everything doesn't Sand it Fury. and it's fucking amazing to watch the story listen to the listen to the album and it's so it's, it's out there this anime story made specifically for the album really really cool so there's a little bit of I think as well uh, that um Pink Floyd um, sort of Influence there as well of the the changing of the genres and that v- visual accompaniment to, mm, to the album okay. as well, you right, know. Okay, so really, I really highly recommend checking it out. It'll take you on a journey, if nothing else. All so right. Yeah, yeah sounds that's a like a little it. bit off topic, but
1: no, no, no. I'm very interested. I'm always, you know keen for some more stimulation and from some totally random crap it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> which that's very much it's, sounds like it, it is
0: it's very random i watched it my missus was down in perth uh, a couple of weekends ago the kids were in bed and i chucked it on on a friday night and just watched it and thought man this is i used to watch random shit like that all the time when i was a young fella and had the time you know i thought this is cool man yes Music, sturgill yeah. simpson yep i'm yep. i'm sound youtubing and, that as soon as sound we're done here. and fury
1: sound and fury okay cool
0: Back to it. Well, there's, yes. There's gotta be some so so there's the Fringe Festival coming up. Well, uh, there's
1: another show at Fringe Festival that I'm gonna be doing.
0: I was, was gonna ask you that as well. You you're good at this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't had to read my little cues down here, so which is well, good.
1: Well, yes. Um, now, I don't know how your fans are gonna take this. Listeners. Listeners, not fans, I okay, guess sure. <laughs>
0: we have got two fans, one's three, one's five. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to take this. That's who I was talking about. Um,
1: look, it's not, it's only rude in the, or, or it's only offensive in the ear of the beholder. Uh, the show's title tells you a lot about it. It's called, oh my God, here we go. Um, it's called Trump 2020, the Marga musical. Oh,
0: Trump 2020, the Marga musical. Yeah, I, saw you wearing I just a, heard uh, half make... of your listeners throw up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're, we're open-minded here. <laughs> I saw you wearing a, a, a Make America Great Again hat. All oh, right, online. On, on, on Facey, yeah. I yeah, stopped, well, that's because I was in... I stalked in, you before the podcast, oh, so oh, just to get a bit of
1: background. <laughs> I was in, uh, in Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. So I was just winding up the local Greens voters, basically. Why walking down the street Mm. with a Marga hat, you know, but nothing happened, of course. Did they like it? Well, (laughs) I don't know. Even if they didn't like it, they wouldn't have the bollocks to say so, probably, (laughs) but, but, uh, write a letter. Nothing happened. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. So, um, basically I thought about doing this or not, and I didn't think there might be that many fans for it or that many takers in Perth, but 2020, uh, being the year it is, the year of the US presidential election, it's kind of the last chance mm. for me to uh, write something like this when everyone's focused on it. Um, and it's not necessarily a pro-Trump piece, uh, just given the title. The main character uh, is massively anti-Trump um, and he's walking on polling day to the, uh, to the voting booth, polling booth, and uh, on the way, uh, he's bombarded with a lot of messages on his phone and, and YouTubes and stuff on his phone. So I guess, I guess it's about social media mm. influencing elections in the modern era. Right. And the different characters and the different songs are, are those people influencing you. You know, there's Vladimir Putin, there's Mark Zuckerberg, there's Greta Thunberg.
0: <laughs> oh, that little thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> there's there's uh you know Ivanka Trump or what have you there's border patrol there's i don't know there, there's the, there, some Mexicans or what have you you know like it's not written yet um but some of some of the tracks are written uh there's antifa there's stuff like that and this
0: guy um there's no shortage of material there really, is really there. isn't hey i like, you have to pick and choose the the chat. there's the
1: so yeah. much yeah. shit now like they you're so there everyone like is trying to uh, like the media is just forever. The mainstream media is forever trying to take Trump down and they can't, and they're getting more and more frustrating, but rather than just like move on and deprive the oxygen of of publicity, which they would do um, to so many other people, they just think, no, we'll just keep swinging. (laughs) And And so it takes up every single minute of the news well, after. the time. He's got a pretty good record against country. the media as well.
0: Right. As for all his shortcomings, and I'm sure there's plenty, uh, he, he knows how to play the media. Well, and that's very powerful this day and as age, as your musical's it, obviously it, about. It, it but
1: is. And that's, that's like, um, you know, whether you're a pro or against Trump or what have you, you've got uh, people... He did something which is not possible in our political system. That he was not a politician mm. until he ran for president. The day the day he became a politician was the day he threw his hat in the ring there. In the Westminster system we have here, you have to get to, to become prime minister, you have to get elected mm. to the House of Parliament. In in uh the, the, the lower not even the upper house, that won't do. It has to be the lower house. Um you um in in order to get that, you have to be pre-selected by your party to run for that seat in that electorate. For instance, John Howard, the seat of Benelong in Sydney, right? You you have to, as a relatively young person, have to convince all the pensioners and what have you that show up to party meetings in that electorate to vote for you when the previous person cocks it or whatever, for whatever reason, the seat becomes free. Yeah. You got to win party pre-selection and then you go to the election and then you then you have to win that seat and you sit around in parliament for years. And the way people get in there these days is to be, become a, become a, a sort of like dog's body, lick spittle person, making the coffee for some hack, you know, political, Whatever, just do that for years yeah. on years and years and years, doing odd jobs, always hanging around politics, always hanging around other politicians, eating, breathing, shitting politics your whole life, never freaking talking to an actual person with an actual job. Yeah. And p- Trump was... And, and, and so in order to become prime minister in this country or in England, you have to do that yeah, because right. of the Westminster system because you've got to get into parliament before you can run for PM. In America, you don't, because the president is outside the Senate, outside the Congress, which are their parliament, right? Uh, and um, so he can just decide to run. But he was not a politician. Yeah, and yeah. But all the politicians scoffed at him, say he didn't have the experience, he wouldn't know what he was doing, he was going to suck and they're still doing it mm. but the thing is they massively underestimated him because he was all he was already better at as you say using the media than they were yeah. cuz he was a celebrity yeah he was a tv star he was already talking to the vast American public Mm. through the media, through social
0: media for years. And he makes a lot of moves too. So even when he misses, it doesn't really matter because there's something else happening the next day or a couple of days later and he kind of just moves on. Same with when shit gets thrown at him. Some of it kind of sticks a little bit and then after a couple of days, it just sort of slides off and he keeps going. It's just kind of, he's got this game of numbers that he's playing also. He's really just, he's, he's always in the media He's always saying, when he says outlandish shit, he, he goes so far that it becomes comical that for some reason it it flies. They, they, nothing can stick to him. It's not like there's one scandal and they talk about it for six months. It's just something else every week. So you kind of just go, oh, another thing. Right, and right. But, you but the mainstream media won't, won't you know,
1: leave alone or what have you. And now it's impeachment and what have you. But, mm. uh, you know... Uh, Rather than spend the whole show talking about Trump, as everyone else seems to do in the media all the time, um, uh, but he is a fascinating topic, whether you're for or against, I I find it's it's a completely new phenomenon, yeah. And, um, and I think because there is already so much is so divisive, everyone that the word Trump gets a reaction, yeah. I thought, fuck it, let's make a show. Based around this election, because there's so much material mm. and and I don't know this. I, uh, that's what I'm going to finish the fringe with a final fringe weekend. All oh, right and uh, th- and so you've got a bit of work to do. <laughs> I do, I do I've got to write the show. but I've done quite a little bit a of, lot, lot of thinking and work on it already, yep. All, although you know Just most of the songs em. aren't written.
0: Out yeah. And, and down.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, uh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, it, it'll be funny. But the thing <laughs> is, it's almost <laughs> secondary whether it's funny. <laughs> it That'd would be good, good wouldn't it, yeah. in a comedy show? Yeah. But uh, what? so far, it seems it's funny to me. And that's yeah. what worked last time. Well, that's all you so can do. So fuck isn't it. it, I've got no choice but to do it again. Yeah. The way I'm choosing to do the comedy is not to because I haven't had the time because I'm so busy in my work life, mm. I haven't been able to get up midweek uh, and, 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 and road test songs in front of small audiences at open mic nights. Besides, there's not many yeah. of that in Perth anyway, and there's mm. none in Headland. So I've just got to back I myself. I wish there were as well, but it's, it's... I would
0: love an open mic night here in Headland. It'd be, be great. Yes, it would. It, it, I guess it could be songs. It could be comedy, what have you. Yeah, down the Esplanade on a Tuesday or Wednesday night or something like that. Yeah, man. that wouldn't We're hurt. Not or, the, or the pier or,
1: or wherever. Or the no. or the even even the uh, what's the one on the water? The yacht Heddy. club, the heady. Or oh, the, the yacht, yacht club yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. But um, or maybe even yourself South, the last chance man. Just get <laughs> bottles Be Heddy. funny, or you're <laughs> going to get bottled. <laughs> <laughs> That's great motivation. Yeah, well, yeah, true. <laughs> but, uh Maybe put some chicken f- wire in front yeah, of the stage, like yeah. in the Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah. and
0: uh, but yeah, I, I haven't of, done uh, that. I was thinking of um, uh, Roadhouse.
1: Right, yeah, 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 yeah. it's closer <laughs> to it. Great movie. Great movie. If only we had Patrick Swayze here. Oh, gotta love with that. With a massive mullet. Yeah, <laughs> with a blow dry mullet.
0: Bit of homoerotic going on in that movie. Some of the fight scenes and whatnot. Yeah, Patrick Swayze, what a legend! Yeah,
1: what what a, what a what an abdomen, beautiful man, beautiful man, Indeed. beautiful hair. Um, but yeah, so I've kind of just got to back myself for an hour's worth of shit. So if no one laughs and we got to sit through it for an hour, well, too bad you've already paid for the
0: ticket. No, there you go, <laughs> sucked in. Hey, so is this thing? Um, kind of you've you've travelled to Melbourne, you've travelled to, to to New Zealand, um, doing it. Is it? Funding the travel, yeah, you know, you're making a bit of money. Is it oh, look, I was
1: going to both of those places to see friends and relatives anyway. Yep. Uh, the the fringe show in in Perth uh, came out on top. Cool. Um, would have would have come out more on top if I didn't spend money on pointless advertising, which doesn't work. Yeah, right. <laughs> but. Um, what, what uh, didn't
0: work? What what did
1: you do? Oh, uh, posters don't really work unless you're already known. I sort of found out like you can it's a great exercise in vanity to have your mug pasted around the town. But if What sort if, of posters are we talking about? Like I two posters. Um, oh, there's not, something nostalgic about
0: that though, isn't it? On I lamp, guess it is lamp posts old. Yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's kind of it's kinda of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's like playing in bands back in the day and yeah, you yeah. got out of the tape and risked the cops uh calling your mum and dad for yeah. putting up a
0: poster. But um in the movies they just use a staple gun. It doesn't really work like that. Yeah, lost dog or what have you. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much <laughs> what my show
1: is. Pathetic whining
0: <laughs> mongrel. <laughs> so that didn't work. Uh but but okay, so it's it's
1: it's doing all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah I wouldn't it's certainly not um it's certainly not uh not I'm, quit I'm not job. quitting my day job, <laughs> that's mm. for sure. Yeah, no, but I mean you know, either. like what the heck? You know, it, 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 it's fun, and um, I've been enjoying it. Audiences have been enjoying it, and you've got to start somewhere.
0: And you're passionate about it, man, what, about what you're doing. You're enjoying it. You've got to do shit that we love in life, eh? Hey? That's right. That's, Fuck, that's, mate, that's mate. what I find. we only get one go around. Yeah, and
1: if you get the chance to rip the piss out of people who totally have it coming in the process, then so much the yeah. better. Yeah, yep.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. Credit Thunberg. Oh, what the fuck has that little thing done? Does <laughs> it even have a job? You stole my childhood. Oh. How dare you? Fucking go live your life first, <laughs> and come back and talk to me when you have fucking done something. <laughs> fuck me, little thing. Most of the clips I've seen of it's been uh, dubbed with like Aussie accents and shit. <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> I haven't seen around? that one. That sounds brilliant. Oh yeah, there's a pretty good one. I'll I'll, I'll send it to you after this. Oh there's no, a pretty, wait, pretty good
1: no. One. Yeah, yeah. I heard something about this. Oh, no, I didn't check it out, but I I have heard the the Swedish death metal version. Have you heard oh, that? Oh no, it's I haven't fucking heard that. Sick, hey, it's yeah. really great. Like they someone overdubs her voice or puts it through a, a voice processor, so it sounds like this. Oh really? So it's like, how dare you?
0: No, this it's one's more awesome. d- dubbed with like a. It's not Aussie Man reviews or Shooter Williamson or anything like that. But uh, but not are you, a Shooter Williamson fan. Uh, Who Shooter Williamson? He's an Aussie There's social media social out. media com- comedian. He's an Aussie bloke. Great, okay, cool. uh, he plays this sort of um, bogan, sort of rat shit type character. Mm-hmm. Generally, he's he's. I find him hilarious. He's on. He, he, he smashes Instagram and YouTube, Shooter Williamson. But someone it's not him. Someone dubbed over her voice with all of this, you know, she's talking. Oh, stole, yeah, I have heard this. He stole yeah. my smokes from <laughs> the last fucking bee. You know, <laughs> and it works pretty good with <laughs> it. I have heard this, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that was fucking, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was a, quite a weird experience. I watched that video, the now I remember, whilst experience. I was docking sheep. Uh. in new zealand yep, whilst i was removing testicles and tails uh, off little lambs mm. on my uncle's farm in new zealand one of the other other guys in the group was playing Weathering. it on his phone uh he i think this guy's an ex-con or whatever they get all kinds uh working this kind of uh yeah, seasonal yeah. work and uh he was a complete nutter and he was playing this on his phone for the whole group yeah we were all pissing ourselves <laughs> it was very funny <laughs> But I think maybe they did it it was a kiwi version.
0: It's weathering it's weathering the sheeps, is it? Weathering. Is that what I call it? Uh a sheep without its nuts is weathered. Uh, am I talking shit? I do yeah, I think you might be.
1: Uh weaned nah. is is an animal that's no longer sucking its mother's teeth.
0: Weather weather because uh, there's I thought there was three weathers. There was weather or not, I'm correct. The weather today was hot, and then uh a weathered sheep which has been de, de- maybe a thought R- shit we'll po- have to look at that Quite
1: possibly it's I a random thing to it That's certainly m- ma- not what the up. kiwis uh,
0: yeah. call it yeah. it's docked docked i thought that no oh, no I no wait docked is the, the tail, tail. That that's the tail Fuck, I'm come idiot yeah. yeah i don't know docking, yeah. yeah docking and weather we'll, we'll we'll check it out later
1: yeah no you're right yeah i don't know i didn't i didn't figure that the animal really cared what it was called it was look mate you wanted to
0: you wanted to wrap up uh, around eight it's quarter past do oh, you, yeah, sure, do, I, i'm happy to, I, I I'm enjoying myself, but is there any other things you wanna hit oh well um no, I just wanted
1: to let you, your your um listeners know about my shows coming up at Perth so if you go to perth uh i think it's just fringeworld dot com dot a u mm. um I think that's the website. I should have, sorry, I should have been better prepared. Sounds but if like you just shit. Google Perth Fringe World Festival and the titles of the two shows, Don't Draw Pictures of Dicks and Trump 2020, the Marga Musical, uh, you'll find tickets to these shows and dates <laughs> and what have you in February Fuck and in Perth January time. next year.
0: Mm. Wow, well, fucking brilliant, mate. Before I get oh. you out of here, mm. can, I, can I hit you with a couple of local slash current events again? Sure, why not? not take too long. Sure. I like to do these on the podcast and I've just started incorporating it into my, uh, my little chats i have with people like yourself. Um, weed has been made legal in the ACT a couple of weeks ago. Um, still not federally legal, which is a bit of a weird loophole, but they have that all across the states. Um, what's your opinion? What do, you, what do you reckon? Do you reckon it's going to stick? Do you reckon the other states are going to follow suit? What, what,
1: what? To what extent is it legal?
0: So it's not just decriminalized they've I'm pretty sure it's it's they've made it recreationally legal to sell as well. I'm not sure about all the intricacies of it. See there is definitely some weird loopholes there. Yeah. Um, okay. it, would be, it, it would be it must be legal still to possess it up to possession. To a point. Yeah, possession up to whatever it is 2 grams or something and see selling it would still be a prohi- it'd still be a prohibited substance where you'd need uh um uh, licenses to to grow mm. it and sell it and all that kind of shit. So there's some weird loopholes going on, um, but again, they're dealing with it in the states. And it's I think it's legal in I think five Colorado or, seven or something. Might South be five. Park did an episode
1: about it where it was medicinally.
0: Well, it's, it's recreationally mm. legal in Colorado, oh, okay. California. In um, uh, what's the one up the top? I always think uh, Al- uh, uh, Washington State with Seattle. Is Washington, or Washington is Washington is. I always think Alaska, not that um, Atlanta. Oregon? Uh, yeah. Yes, Oregon. So it's five something states and then medicinally re- legal in about 30 odd states.
1: Incidentally, I'm going to m- visit a lot of these states at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. i got family in, in America. I can't wait to go over End of this see year. Them. And smoke some weed. So you're going over there soon? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool, going over man. there in about a month. I can't wait. I've got a cousin who's like a pilot in Seattle. Oh, have you done the states before? Uh, ages ago. I've just flown into LA, New York. And a few places, and no, I didn't really. This time, the idea is to
0: hire a car and see a lot oh, more. Yeah, fuck yeah, 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 yeah! What a great country to drive around and have a look at. Yeah, get a bit more inspiration for your. Uh, yeah, your, exact uh, Trump twenty twenty
1: marker. Uh, right, exactly. Might even yeah. find a rally to attend. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. It's like a modern coliseum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right.
0: I could just see you there.
1: Get all um, painted up. But I've I've dodged your question um so let's move on to the next one no no no, it's like what do i think i i don't really know i'm not really that i've never really smoked much weed Hmm. uh so i've never really had a strong opinion one way or the other i also don't have kids so i don't uh, although i plan to have kids and i don't really feel have have a strong opinion yet about whether it's okay for teenagers to take it up and what have you as isn't it you know and whether or not uh, whether or not it being legal or not Increases its use overall or decrease it overall but I I generally I don't know as I get older the more actually libertarian I get and that people should be allowed to make decisions for themselves yeah about well these that's things. where I
0: sort of run with it and, and I believe that as far as um, how uh, young people use it and uh, all that kind of shit sort of comes more down to education um, cultures with m- more relaxed alcohol laws and stuff uh, than, than ours tend to have a better relationship with alcohol I guess it's more about teaching people how to use it and, and, and tell them the pros and cons and, and re- really rather than making it one of those uh, a door with a do not touch or do not enter sign on it really just go okay this is another thing that's mm. in the world that people sometimes smoke for these reasons some people it's not going to work for I mean, I mean, and I like to, maybe this simplifying things a little bit, but the analogy of, you know, weed's not good for everybody. Some people are predisposed to things like schizophrenia and other mental illnesses. It could maybe accelerate some of those um, symptoms in certain people. Some people are going to wig out and it's not really great for them. Other mm. people find great medicinal benefits from it. Some people just enjoy smoking it for recreational well, use. Well, But it's nothing's good for everybody. Some people die when they eat fucking peanuts. Sorry. that's right
1: yeah and at one of our you know we were talking was it before we came on air about the world's biggest podcast uh, Joe Rogan yeah yeah, yeah. just before and, we and he's obviously be advocate for uh, massive yeah. uh, uh, weed um, I don't think personally there's been enough although I'm not a scholar on these things the research but um, I, 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 I don't know maybe there is a lot of research but I don't know about it but um uh, research about the long-term emotional uh, changes to your brain from marijuana use uh, in that uh, my belief from anecdotal experience is it makes people less able to handle chaos, as it were. That's probably a fair um,
0: a fair analysis. But, May- but maybe they were like that before they reached for the weed. But on the same token, it can also make people... Um, which is where the paranoia comes from more self uh, analytical, so which can be good for some people. Sometimes people walk around the whole fucking life without stopping and looking at themselves in the mirror and going, Am I a fuckhead? <laughs> and we can make you do that. Which is good for some people, maybe not for other people because right. they're always in, they're insecure as it is all the time. There's pros, there's massive pros and cons. There's probably an hour long podcast on, on its own. Yeah, but, it's um, a huge one. So, but it is. I, pretty, I, I'm I mean, kind of on the, the fence with that one. I'm kind of on the fence, but you know,
1: there was a time in my life where I would have been like, nah, it's it, it's all bad and whatever," um, uh, because I was a bit of a young fogey, mm. and oddly enough, um, um, Which, uh, I'm, enough, I'm, I'm a bit. Opinion more liberal about it now that i'm a bit older it's like the bob dylan song i was so much older then i'm younger than that now
0: <laughs> okay. well as far as far as i'm concerned the medicinal uses that that are available are, are, are sort of fairly uh, significant and um the downside is really far less than a lot of the prescription drugs that people uh, regularly use in this mm. country and others and i i don't really smoke very much these days. I've got kids and a family and a job and all that kind of shit. But I'm definitely uh, a fan of of weed. But sure. I never don't would have guessed from your dreadlocks. No, no. Dave. I actually, d- I go through stages. And I'm not smoking weed right now. It's just uh, it's not doing it for me. If I smoke weed, like this like I maybe do it on a Friday or Saturday night. I'll just fall asleep. So that's not really doing it for me. So this that's my personal come. choice as an adult to go. Ah, oh, I don't actually need to smoke weed at the moment. I'll probably just fall asleep. You know what I mean? So yeah. it comes down to the choice of every every different person. Same as same reason I don't go out and drink twenty beers on a Saturday night because I'm an early riser. I don't want to wake up with a fucking pounding head. See, I learn. Sensible learned. man. Sensible yeah, man. Dave. I learn yeah. from the choices I've got, and and that leads me right into the, actually the next um, the next local event I had. We've just had increased alcohol restrictions in this town imposed in the last month. Um, alcohol restrictions piss me off. I think something should either be legal or it's not. Um, Why is it prohibited in a certain area? It's discriminatory because when there's a uh, a funeral um, for an Aboriginal uh, group or people or person, they'll put liquor restrictions on. So those liquor restrictions are because they're worried about the way a certain group of people are going to act around a certain event. Mm. And those people are Indigenous Australians. Mm. So it's discriminatory, but... To mask it so it's not discriminatory, they put a blanket ban across the entire town. No one can buy alcohol on this weekend. So it's not we're not discriminating against blackfellas. No one can buy alcohol, but it's because it's,
1: there's a Just a, so an happens Aboriginal that you funeral. can't buy it at this time because there's when been an admiral All the blackfellas, blackfellas want to buy it. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. I see what to me, it's 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 fucked. It's, it's backdoor discrimination. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, Man, what this is another. This is 10 podcasts. worms.
0: a can of worms.
1: This this is such a huge thing.
0: Um, I just feel something's legal or it's not. Why can they buy whatever they want? They can buy five cartons of piss and and 20 bottles of wine down in Perth. In the same country, I'm an adult myself and I can't go down to my local bottle and buy more than three bottles of wine and a carton of beer. Not that I need to, but it's still, for me, it's the point of it. Mm. it. It's legal or it's not you know and i do understand dry communities i think that's a little less bullshit involved they're saying there is specific problems in certain communities where people don't haven't been taught to have a, a, res, a, a responsible relationship with alcohol and you know you have kids sniffing petrol and all sorts of shit because there's some some fucked up stuff going on in those communities and if you choose to live in this town of 300 people or whatever there's no alcohol i can understand that a bit more but to go to it, this isn't yeah, this is a rural town but it's a reasonable sized town with big industry and just normal everyday people living their lives working their jobs and, and a lot of those people are aboriginal people as well and then all of a sudden they just go but for this specific reason this weekend no one can buy alcohol because of one cultural group because of their concerns for one cultural group it's discrimination blanketed with some sort of O- overall, ban, and it's very weird to me. Yeah, um, I
1: once again I could see arguments for and against there because of all the the fall in the specific event is going to have specific fallout, which is going to be exacerbated because of alcohol. You know, they'll show up in the emergency room or the police station or what have you, or, and and you and you got to think about the, the 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 people who come off second best. Yep. when the violence kicks off you know women and children or what have you and I guess that's what's motivating this, but do we this restrict pretty paternalistic um, uh, sort of uh, restriction but I do honestly, we restrict
0: alcohol on New Year's Eve no no we don't you're right because I mean, the same shit right, happens. It, it's,
1: it's pretty hard to justify doesn't it what happens
0: on New Year's Eve people go
1: buck wild completely
0: apeshit yeah, yeah. Um, but but it's a Western Westernized culture problem, so we don't put bans on it. It's it's it's, well, I, it's fucking honestly really weird. I, I don't I, understand. I, how I, it's
1: I, we've talked about just in my opinion the country's two biggest health problems, it's uh, uh, alcohol and and illicit substances like uh, weed, and like uh, alcohol would have to be number one. Mm. And uh, cigarettes you
0: could, probably are, but
1: well, except that they're hugely. On the downtrend, yeah. Mm. But like, but
0: statistically th- speaking, I think they're still...
1: Yes, but, but okay, statistically, yeah, I'm sure they do cause a lot of trouble and they certainly, internationally, uh, Asia and what have you, they yeah. are a massive, massive problem. Um, but, uh, yeah, the solutions are just obvious.
0: I'm not smart enough to work it out. Well, that's true. Okay, we can move on from it. It gets it's muddy. It's muddy waters. Mm. It's just um, as I said. These are the things that are happening currently around the place. I throw them out there. But I think you I know, at, I, at the board. risk
1: of being seeming really unpopular, I mean, I I'd, I'd probably advocate. I can I just can't justify. It, but you know, I, I'd love for everyone to drink less alcohol. Mm. But I don't want the government to have the power to stop you doing that. So that's
0: how, that's how I feel about it. Mm. Education, not restriction in mm. certain areas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, one last one, mate, and I'll let you get out of here. Um, I've been harping on about this for years now. Um, specifically, I spoke about this on my Australia Day um, podcast earlier this year. There's been all this talk about moving the date, moving the date, moving mm. the date. Um, Did you ask me this last time? I can't remember. Maybe. No, I don't think go so. On, no. Go on. Triple J pissed me off because they moved their Hottest 100, so mm. it doesn't coincide with Australia Day anymore, yeah. which I thought is just... Buying into a, uh, a a political argument, but when on it's the, not uh, about po- when the music isn't about politics. On the
1: plus side, people might actually hear some decent music on Australia Day, <laughs> <though. laughs> rather than that what the top fucking they'd hear the limp top. dick shit they play on it's that. It's getting a bit radio It's getting
0: a bit rough lately. I'm, I'm out of the demographic. I think. These I think days. every
1: time I do an interview, every single time I'm going to have to. Just say something about how much I hate Triple J. I think I'm going to lead with it every time. Look, I'm sorry, I, did you want to know about uh, the price of eggs in China? By the way, Triple J sucks!
0: Look, for me, I'm not going to stick up for them because I'm out of the demographic that they're aiming towards these days and a lot of the music isn't what I'm into. Um, however, there's no product advertising and they don't talk about the fucking Bachelor and Master Chef and shit on the morning crew in the mornings, which is what I cannot handle. I can't handle the advertising. On, on don't uh,
1: defend triple j in my presence
0: i can't do it i can't i can't i can't handle the advertising and i can't handle whipper em and ollie talking about did you watch the bachelor last night oh yeah this is not a paid fucking insert at all <laughs> it, yeah shit yeah, does great. my head into the yeah little know, jingles I I, for the you, adverts you can
1: turn that shit off but you, you can't turn triple j off
0: because <laughs> your taxpayer dollars are paying for it yeah 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 so well okay my the, the Outside the point of Triple J, that was one thing that pissed me off because I feel they don't, they, they turned the music into a poli- political discussion, which it didn't need to be. Mm. It's about the music. It's about music, which is something that people from all different races, cultures, um, sexuality, everything, we all c- can agree on good music and listen to it together. It shouldn't be about Australia Day. But I've always said that instead of changing the date, let's not pretend that Australia Day isn't a thing. It's, it is a thing in this country. It's when we have a citizenship ceremonies and all th- and all that sort of sort of thing. Mm. I've said, can we not... Start the day off. Can we not change the way we interact with it? Start the day off with a commiseration service to acknowledge what was done to the Aboriginal people of this country, a little bit like we do on Anzac Day in the morning, and then continue through the day where we can celebrate that now we're all working towards a better future together. We're trying to fix those problems and those gaps, right, rather than it being White Bogan Day. And now it seems a local shire, I think in... might have been in the ACT or Victoria, I can't remember, um, has done just that they put it put a vote out and there was a one one member of the uh, the council who who voted against it so it was nearly unanimous they're going to start their day with a commiseration service for the aboriginal people in the morning and and then sort of move to move uh yeah move along with the day in that vein which is i think a much healthier and smarter way to to deal with the whole situation what what do you think <sighs>
1: I don't think you can move Australia Day because there simply is not another day in the in the year that you can move it to. Because what what date are you suggesting? I mean, the the fact that Triple J and other people got behind a campaign to move it to May eight because it sounds like May 8, is is ridiculing Australia as a bunch of bogan's that have no history that have no culture. And to people who say that, I say, go and get fucked. Yep. And uh, the thing is, there there's no other date because you can't move it to January 1st, which is the date of our federation. Um, people say that we should move it to the day where Aboriginal people got their recognised in the constitution or whatever it was, sometime in the 60s. I don't really understand about that. But that makes it about one group of people above all the others. Yeah. And the, f- the fact of the matter is it is the single most important day in the history of this continent. January 26, 1788 was the day that the, culture, the cultures, plural, that were here before um, came into permanent interaction with... British culture or European culture or white culture or whatever you want to call it. Now, some of those interactions might not have been positive. But from that point on, they were together and they're going to stay together forever. And that was the most important day in the history of of the continent. That's Australia Day. Now, some people are going to see it one way. Other people are going to see it another way. But that's Australia Day, and I think people should be free to co- uh, commemorate it in in whatever way they wish. But um, I I don't think you can change it. There's there's no other day. Like what what serious proposal of a different day have people put forward? I'd like to know. And you just can't. There's nothing there. And it's like um, it, it's like uh, the day. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, say for instance, what's the, what's the most important year in the history of the Christian religion, mm. or the most important day? You've got two: birth of Jesus and the death of Jesus. Like, there might be some debate as to actually what day, but you know, if you say it happened on December twenty fifth, Jesus was born, and that was year zero.
0: Mm. Like, I think they. You kind of can't move that. I think they actually did move that. <laughs> in, in the uh, early in on the in the middle peace. ages or something, yeah, early on in the piece, and but maybe I, I, maybe
1: I, he wasn't born that day. But the thing is, like, if, if that's okay, so there's a really bad example to call it that. But the, my point is, you've really got to struggle to find a more important no, occasion. Look,
0: I, I'm, I'm with you, and I think that it's just sweeping things under the rug. And my my opinion is that no, no, it's, it's the day that it is. We change the way we interact with it. We change what we teach our youth coming up about what the day means. It's not white bogan day where we all just fucking get pissed and, t- and set of well, up I think
1: that's silly as well. I, I think, and I think Triple J is to blame for that, as they are with most bad things in the world today. <laughs> like it was Triple J and the fucking hottest one hundred that turned Australia Day well, into well, a well, bogan well, piss up.
0: Well, you know, like it was
1: a fucking important historical day before they fucked it up, (laughs) and it's almost like
0: like many a great (laughs) Australia day. Listen to fucking Triple J Hottest 100. Maybe I just choose the right people to hang around with.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, um, I was actually living in England for most of the Howard era, and um, it was in the Howard era that that began. We never, we, we, uh, Perth people had um. Uh, fireworks on Australia Day, but that was rare. Mm. I grew up in Brisbane. Didn't there was no celebration for Australia Day. Yeah, no, that I can recall ever in my childhood. We Never had a barbecue on Australia Day. It that that's a quite a recent thing, and I think people tried to do it um, because of the surge of patriotism under Howard, and it became a more serious day. And then it was subverted into say, no. Nah, we're we're just we're just yobbos, we have no culture, all we know how to do is get pissed, and that's what we do on Australia Day. Yeah, yeah. And um, it kind of lost for my mind its hi- hi- historical importance, and God forbid Anzac Day could become something like that. That that would possibly be the only alternative date for me. But the thing is, it's already a day that we already celebrate the shit yeah. out of, and yeah. it has a very specific purpose, which is to remember. The in. as simple as that.
0: So, do you do you, are you do you uh, agree with the idea of commiserating w- what was done and taken from the Aboriginal people uh, in the on the morning of Australia Day, and we can have some sort of you know they can have services around the country, and we can you know, recognize Aboriginal people who are important to the culture nowadays, and, and you know things like that, and incorporate that into the day, and then move forward from there. So, as the youth come up, they see this as an important day, not just you know for for all of us, and then we have to. We have to recognise the reality and the truth that what that also symbolises for certain people, for certain um, cultures of, in the country. Do so you think that's a, it's a fair compromise, if you will? I, I think it
1: would definitely be a compromise and for me it's not the ideal one, I have to say, because I think it's very difficult to celebrate and commiserate in your mind at the same time. Is the day a celebration, or is it a commiseration? And and, and you might object to this, but I just think, um, and I don't think that uh, uh, negative parts of the history should be swept under the rug, but I almost think that, I mean, for instance, let's take the perspective Okay, we said we were going to wrap this up before. (laughs) You got me talking. I can't help myself. (laughs) Let's take the perspective of a migrant to Australia, a first-generation migrant from Malaysia, for instance. Right. Okay. They have moved to Australia essentially for prosperity for their family or for perhaps more religious freedom or political freedom or what have you. For, For whatever reason they decided to make a really big change, leave their country behind and come to Australia. And there must have been something really good that attracted them about that. Yeah. Um, did they have a part in harming Aboriginal people? Mm, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, did any of their ancestors? No. Um, do they benefit from moving to Australia? Yes. Um and do they benefit from the fact that Australia was colonised by Westerners? Yes, absolutely, they do, in a huge way. Um. And
0: but so, yeah, so, so, so what's Australia today to them? It's not saying sorry. It's more just recognising. But my so the my question to you, you is culture.
1: my question to you is which side of the fence do they go on? Are they? the 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 colonist or are they the colonized because by embedding into our celebrations this division between one group that has to rit- ritually prostrate themselves once a year and apologize for what their ancestors did and the other people accept the apology you are dividing on the basis of race yeah, forever. I, I see
0: forever. It, I don't see it as an apology, uh, uh, commiseration. I see it more of maybe because commiseration is not the right, right word. Maybe it's commemoration. But I think it's more just acknowledging the past, accepting that there's two different cultures now moving towards the same future and then move together or move forward all together with everyone feeling included.
1: I, I absolutely 100% totally support that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it had to be it, handled it, correctly. I, I, I think, it, you know, it, it's a compromise. I'm definitely open to or what have you. Um, and, and if people want to celebrate, I, as I said before, I think people should celebrate or remember it in whatever way they see fit. They should be free as individuals to do Except that. Except
0: listen to triple J.
1: Oh, of course not. They should be outright banned. People should be just hung, drawn, and quartered <laughs> for doing that. Obviously, that's the only logical step.
0: They should listen to Jimmy Barnes in the top forty, fucking ninety-six point one.
1: That's a far, far better solution. Right. You don't sneer at that <laughs> in front Jimmy of me, Barnes. you elitist <laughs> bastard. Day. I love Jimmy Barnes,
0: <laughs> but, <yeah>. but like <laughs> once a week's enough. Not ever. <laughs> <laughs> True,
1: but um uh but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, like, I, I think it's just confusing for the for the immigrants. Like, are they, are, are we celebrating? Are we feeling bad? I don't, I don't feel like I did anything bad. Mm. But now I've kind of got a. Pretend I feel bad about something that me and my ancestors didn't do, and yeah. and it sort of becomes <laughs> fake, well, I and that's what that. I, I don't like. It's, but it then becomes again, bullshit. I
0: think is how you d- handle it as well, because if it's handled correctly, it's more of just a, I'm saying more of a recognition, so they can come in and go, okay, so we understand what the what we see of the culture in front of our eyes right right now. Oh, now we can understand. There's another parts of the culture. There's another history that hasn't been openly spoken about. um to the extent that maybe it could be, and then that could also become part of their knowledge of the new country that they're moving into. Yeah, if it's ha- it's got to be handled correctly. It okay. can't be a uh, oh sorry 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 sorry. It's more of a, a recognition to the tr- traditional landowners, and then say we understand what has happened to you, what this day cost your people and your culture. But come on now, let's all let's all move together, forward. Well, together.
1: You, you know what is compromise that I would really get behind if we could do that once a year on Australia Day and, and then I could be spared the endless um, rep- repetition of it at every public meeting. Mm. Because you're, they, it's, we're always recognising these days the traditional owners. Yeah, yeah. Every time yeah. Get every, everyone, they, they feel hor- hor- that, th- th- thing that they're seems busted.
0: Re- that whole thing seems really empty to me. And they do that. It, it, it's, it's, weird, it's corporate so and it's
1: and yeah, it's yeah. and it's it's just hollow. And, and and we have to sit through it every time. And it's it weird. seems it's fake weird. and people are just reading off a piece of paper of th- and, and there's a not a weird single weird. Aboriginal person there.
0: Oh, well, one oh. of the black fellas was reading it out for um at the start of the NRL lost his way halfway through and said, Oh, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's I not Oh, that's brilliant. I didn't know well, that. Yeah. That just sums it up perfectly because yeah. no one on either side is really. No, no, and, it's and, and and every time someone says it, you get a spattering of applause around the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From two or three self-righteous people, people around the room yeah. who are like Couple whiter than white <laughs> <laughs> and like trying to say, "Oh yes, we absolutely love this. Wonderful. Yeah, Thank yeah, you so much." Yeah, yeah. And like it's like it's just BS. No, and yeah, that's you yeah, know I'm what I mean because if 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 I were to set, suggest at the same time that we say we could thank the Aboriginal elders for being custodians of the land or what have you, and then immediately after that, maybe we should thank the settlers who came and actually, you know, cleared the the, the land and built the roads and the stuff that we use every day. <laughs> that would be considered the height of obnoxious racism or what have you. Yeah. But, like... um. We need to be grateful to those people too, you know. Yeah, like no, they you know, we they do, put a yeah. fuckload of work into setting this country up, which we, we enjoy now. Yep. And which Aboriginal people enjoy the benefits of that now too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not to not to say that negative stuff didn't also happen. And and my waves of migrants to the future who are gonna be welcoming in as Australians, that we don't want to be separating by race, and we don't want to be making them feel, okay, um, yeah, You know, that they've got to... They're on one side of this racial divide after Uh, they arrive. I'd love for that to just be in the past. But anyway, this is another hour-long podcast, sorry, and I keep talking and waffling and what have you, but... In answer to your question, is I don't think it's possible to change the date of Australia Day no, no, because there's no alternative date.
0: Alright, we agree on not changing the date. We have sl- we have different takes on the um on, on, on how we can move forward, in the day. And that's what conversations are all about. That's right. Thanks, Dave. And it's been opinion. a pleasure no, as always. Thank you very much. Again, we're gonna wrap it up there. I gotta go home and eat some food. Um you gotta do you gotta look up some shit on Netflix or YouTube or whatever you're rolling with now. Sturgeon. So Sturgill. Sturgill Simpson. Smith Simpson. Okay, I'll send you a text. But um, no, thanks again for coming on, man. Great chat once and again. The Perth Fringe Festival starting on January the. Nah,
1: and I'm sorry. Starting I I really January. Should look this up. Mid mid January. Just Google uh, "Don't Draw Pictures of Dicks" and Trump 2020. The Marga Musical at Perth Fringe World Festival.
0: Fucking, I love it. You're a great man, William. Thank you very much. Good on you, Dave. You're the best. Cheers, dude. Thanks, mate. Good on you.
1: I can't believe I just plugged Google. Oh my God, I feel sick inside.